Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am very excited today to be here with Bethany Schaefer. Hi, Bethany. Say hi. Hi. Thanks for having me against my will. (laughs) She's not excited, everyone. (laughs) So Bethany is one of my team members, and we're going to be interviewing all the members of my team. I think they're all equally excited about that. And what we're going to focus on today is, I think, such an important part of a team and an organization. doesn't really matter what you do, but too many people don't have an executive assistant. And we're going to get into that today. Bethany is my executive assistant. She has many titles and roles, squirrel manager of Marjorie being the main one. So we're going to talk about that. She's the chief of Marjorie, her official title. So I think it's important to really spend some time on clarification of an executive assistant because I know I needed it. I always thought, oh, an executive assistant, that's very posh. Like in my vision, it was like, they will take my non-mentionables to the dry cleaner and cut Fifi's nails. (laughs) But I don't have a Fifi and I don't use dry cleaner. But I think people's perspective of an executive assistant is, oh, once you've made this level and you have this person that keeps everyone away from you, right? And just takes over these things. Because movies, right? Like if we watch movies, it's always that person that works 28 hours a day and gets pooped on and then was getting your coffee and spills it on their shirt. And if that's your idea of an executive assistant, that is not the right idea. Don't you think? Agreed. So I think a book, ooh, and Bethany just loves to read when I sign books. She's like, oh, so a book you should all read as you are going to start talking about this is called The CEO's Secret Weapon. I actually sent this to Bobby nicely. Bobby, we still have to talk about that. In this book, it really talks about the importance of benefits of having an executive assistant. And I think it needs to be thought of this way. It's one of the most important people in your organization. It's a true partnership. And I think that's where people miss. I think people think executive assistant is like this person under me that gets to do all the crap I don't want to do. And that's actually not the case. So I think if everyone's thought, oh, I don't need an assistant, you do. And I think it's changing your mindset on what that person is and does. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, totally. We've grown Bethany into that. So in this, some clarification from the CEO's secret weapon, but really thinking about an executive assistant. And let's talk about the benefits and the reality. That executive assistant, so Bethany is the gateway to me, not the gatekeeper from me. And I think that's super important. She opens up access to me. She doesn't keep people away, right? It's not like she's not available right now, like in the Ocean's Eleven movie. I think, and that's one of the misconceptions is people and clients or whatever your business is think, oh, I'm going to call and I'm always going to speak to her assistant. I'm never going to be able to speak to Marjorie. It's always going to be her assistant, which is not the case. No, agreed. And I think it opens that, oh, like I have her schedule. I can schedule you right now versus, oh, she's in a three-hour meeting. Now you're going to have to wait. So total autonomy over my schedule, which we'll talk about a little later, but balance to your life. I can tell you now that we have worked all this out and Bethany is the assistant, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, let's be clear. My husband doesn't text me anymore. He texts Bethany. Now, I mean, sure. He says, I love you once in a while or bring home some eggs. (laughs) But when it's anything to get something done, a car needs to go in or can you remind this or we have no money in the account because she forgot to transfer money. He goes to Bethany and things get done much more quickly versus me going home and saying, oops. So when you have that right person, frankly, that trust is there that your spouse also goes, if something's going to get done, Bethany needs to be part of it. She's a problem solver, right? So she knows me and can solve problems while also anticipating what I need. And that's huge. So I'm booking a trip right now. 
a great trip for me and my family. Bethany goes in my email. There's 42 emails of all the stuff that I booked. She's creating the file. She put it on the calendar. That's anticipating what I need. Anticipating what I need is also it's almost noon and she knows I'm going to turn into an ogre if I don't have something to eat. So that gas station sandwich we joke about that we'll throw in my office. It, Shut she, the door quickly. <laughs> Right. Not with your fingers in there too long. That's anticipation of what I need, right? Trust, total trust. So she's going to be in my finances. She's going to be in my email. She is going to be in every aspect of my life. She set some of my doctor's appointments. Like she really, she took my car to get detailed. That sounds a little crazy, but it was fantastic. So thinking about like that trust of all things in my life, right? So that's an important factor that people have to be able to do. And I feel like that's probably one of the most important and it goes both ways. And a lot of people will be like, Ooh, I don't want to go in their bank account. Like that's kind of like stepping too far in, but it has to go both ways. I mean, I know so much about her life and it always stays with me. To me, that's the biggest part of this relationship. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that people are like, wow, they're in your finances. Yeah. But if I'm trusting her to run aspects of my life, it has to also be that she can go into the bank account and transfer things and not someone else to wait two days for me to sign something or send off a check. It has to be done much more quickly. Calm under pressure. Yes. Pressure. There is some pressure in real estate and lending, if anyone has thought about that. So an ability to... <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> 10 o'clock this morning, great example. Well, you Tough call calls. <laughs> so I'm a high D. So that quick like, and then I'm fine. It's also being able to understand, okay, this has to happen first. She's fine, right? She needs a minute. I'll vent over like she's my sounding board. I work things out. She doesn't have to say anything. I'm blah, 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 blah. I got this. Okay. Sure. She's like, thanks. I'm so glad I helped. That's that calm under pressure, right? You got to be able to handle many things. Loyalty, keeper of secrets, right? Discretion. I don't do any like a discretion list. It makes me laugh because it's like, oh, don't tell anyone. I'm not that exciting. But discretion in all things because she is in my finances. Dedicated, using your gut, bring order to chaos. I have no chaos at all. Do I have? Not at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, honey. (laughs) Let's go, Linda. So bring order to chaos is super important because yes, there are 10 things I have to do at all times. We have so much going on, podcasting, also coaching, real estate transactions, trying to manage a spouse, a house, two kids, right? There's always something. So throwing 50 things out and being able to figure that out is a huge part. So I think if you think about that, and if all of this is in the CEO secret weapon, it's a very important book to kind of reframe your mind that this is a partnership, right? Because I think too many people view team members as like cogs on a wheel, right? I think it's, well, this person fits into here and they do this role. And I think if you're going to do that, you're never going to really have full growth of a team, full unity of a team, because each person as themselves is an integral part right? Like each of our team members is an integral part. It's not just fill in the void of this position. So if we think of our people as just replaceable parts in a machine, our team is never going to be what it needs to be. Don't you think? Agreed. Yeah. So I think to me, that's going to be a key. So let's get into some of this. So now we're like, okay, I get it. I get it. Right. It's not just because I'm frou-frou and ritzy and my little baton or whatever shoes, right? Which (laughs) I could never walk in. It is partnership. I need the help. It's to rain chaos and all these positives. So we're going to talk about some tactics because I think it's important in terms of people will then often say, where do you find this person? How do you find someone like that? How did I find you, Bethany? Where'd I find you? <laughs> well, you actually found me through my husband who was training your son in baseball. We then moved on to purchase a house with you. And then from there, it kind of just grew and you offered me a job and I turned her down the first time for the record. 
She, she did, came, but she came back. I did. And I accepted it the second time. Perseverance. But I was not hired to be an executive assistant. Nope. So what were you hired to do? Many things. Actually, I was hired to be a showing agent to begin with, to obtain my license and to manage your leads. And then what did you become? And then I became your listing partner. You did, which you still are. Which I still am. And now I am your executive assistant That's as well. Right. So I think the key in here is one, it can morph, right? I think you can have that person on your team and we're a small team. So I think people hear this and they're like, oh, she must have 27 people. No, I have four, four and me. And we just grew to four. Like four is like, ooh, that's big for us. But within the team as well, it started with Brittany, who is super excited also to get interviewed. She's very, very ecstatic. She was the jack of everything, right? She was the one person who did everything, multitask extremely well. And then as we kind of kept branching. Brittany was like, I want to do contract to close. So we would hire on skill set as well as what people really love doing. So we've been able to morph people into different positions and you grew into this position. And why we say that is I found her through a connection, right? I knew her. And I love that in terms of finding someone I'm a big believer in. I like you. I trust you. We are a good personality match. You have the traits that I'm looking for. And so everyone listening, I think those traits are key because you can hire skills, right? I can teach skills. She knew nothing about real estate. She worked in school. So we can teach to be a realtor. We can teach to be a listing manager, to manage leads. You can teach computer programs, although you knew them. You can teach MLS, right? You can teach all of the back stuff that I don't touch. All that can be taught. But what cannot be taught, let's think about, you can't teach loyalty. You can't teach organization, right? You cannot teach someone to keep secrets, right? Or to have a great attitude or to be calm under pressure or to have people skills. Also, you can't teach but can grow the ability to call someone out. So I will say as an executive assistant, you also have to be able to be like, uh-uh, girl. You have to have that power and take that power to manage that person. And so that you can teach a little bit, but you have to have that personality and ability, the skills you can teach. So I think too many people think, oh, I've got to go find someone who's been someone's executive assistant for 10 years and they have all these skills. And no, you don't. You can really train and teach to the skill sets you need, knowing that the personality and all those traits are important, right? Like I can't teach someone to show up every day on time or to not call out every day. Those are personality traits, right? So when you're hiring someone, you've got to look for those things. Yeah, I also think it's hard too to just hire somebody without knowing them to be your executive assistant. Because I think a part of why I'm so effective for you is because I know you, I know your personality, I know what triggers you, I know your next steps, what you need, when you're hungry, and all of those things are super important <laughs> to be able to efficiently manage you. Uh, when you're hungry is the funniest part, because I'm sorry, I can't be the only one that gets somewhat hangry or fired up. Like we also know like one cup of coffee, probably enough. I'm on two today. So yeah, not good, not good. Past the limit. <laughs> so knowing things like that, right? Like we've joked about, was it Brittany? I think that would throw M&Ms in my mouth when I made my phone calls. Like you got to know what that person right, needs at that time. And so, so let's look at that. So again, I cannot stress that enough. Find someone that you have confidence in that cares about you and is loyal to you and vice versa. You cannot have team members that you expect and want loyalty and to get along with. And then in the flip side, treat them like crap. You just can't because that's not going to work. So I think it's that understanding of the importance back and forth. Yeah. And I think too, as an executive assistant, like acts of service for me fulfills me. And so knowing that I'm doing something for you or for the team or for whoever it may be, 
makes me truly happy. It makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Like if you have an executive assistant that really doesn't like doing things for other people, clearly that's not going oh, that's to a work. Good point. And that's yet another book, The Five Love Languages. Yeah. Like yours is acts of service. That is important, right? If someone's like, ooh, I hate like following up on stuff and scheduling stuff, not the right person, right? right? That won't go well. So skills can be taught. Traits, not so much. Now, let's look at some main jobs of the executive assistant. And they're like 100, but we're going to boil it down to the really main jobs and give you guys some tactics as well to kind of understand those main jobs. So the first is you are the point person for my schedule. So talk about that a little bit. What does that mean? Yeah, so pretty much anything that goes on her schedule outside of contract to close, because Brittany obviously puts closing appointments and everything on her calendar, but anything outside of that, I am the point person on, meaning... Taylor on our team will come to me and say, hey, I need to meet with Marjorie is 10 a.m. tomorrow work because it is important that there is one person managing it because Marjorie may be talking about a lunch appointment tomorrow that hasn't quite made it to the calendar yet. Or we may be discussing like opening times. So it's important to have some one person that knows all about the schedule because otherwise that's when mistakes happen and things get double booked and who makes most of those mistakes, actually? Yeah, you. Me. Yeah. So I am the problem. Is really, guys, if you could just get a t-shirt that says, I am the problem. And as we go through all this, you are the problem because I am the problem. I love to help. Very helpful. I book my own appointments. I just booked my own trip over a conference. So don't do it. So I will tell you, the sooner you just let it go, like whatever that is. What's the movie? Let it Frozen. go. Frozen. Frozen it and let it go. But she manages my personal appointments as well as my professional ones. So yes, there are times that a doctor's appointment needs to be changed or she helps switch over to a new dermatologist because they switch practices. Those are all things she helps me with. Yeah. Um, to the point of, I mean, if I could just figure out her signature, we would be so sad. That would be fantastic. <laughs> it's really bad, my signature too. So it's, it's like hieroglyphics or whatever, but confirming appointments, setting appointments, also being clear on travel time right? How long will it take me to get there? And at some point I do need to eat. We talked about that. How does that fit in? Mm -hmm. When does the day end? What days will I work late? What time can I be where? And then again, I am an adult, but for example, this morning I had an 830 coffee on another side of town and it was at 830 in the in a place I don't go. So I did get a text this morning, probably around 730. And I think you also texted my husband. I did. Well, you didn't answer and I got a little bit worried. <laughs> so I texted your husband. And said she has an appointment for coffee and the other side of town. It's important, right? Because you also, sometimes I run a little on autopilot. I leave it this time. Here I go. And she'll call me and she'll be like, I'm on my way. I'll be like, no, you're not. You're not supposed to be coming here right now. <laughs> Don't go there. So again, people are probably like, oh, but it's you too. Let's just be honest, guys. Let's admit our faults. We are the problem. So scheduling, all things scheduled, the sooner, the later that you hand it off. And I think for me, it was like, oh, I can't ask her to help with this. And I shouldn't ask her to help with this. No, no, no. The sooner you admit you are the problem and that, oopsie, you didn't go to that appointment and you double booked this and you more you hand it over, the better it goes, right? And having the partner, spouse, significant other, whatever, also connect with this person, it makes their lives happier too. I assure you, Philippe is way happier now because he's got someone, not me, that can help with this. So number one, that. Number two, oh. I was going to say a couple of other things on the calendar is kind of learning what works best for everyone. For example, confirming all of the appointments. As soon as I confirm an appointment, we put a capital C 
in front of that appointment so that when Marjorie looks at it, there's no question that that appointment has been confirmed and she is definitely going there. If we talk about something like, hey, I'm thinking about going to lunch with my dad next Friday at 12 o'clock, then we put a question mark lunch with dad until we know that's set because then we know that we're not going to overbook her on that day and we're blocking that time out to allow for that. So two things that we've definitely found that have worked well in terms of scheduling is the C when it's confirmed and the question mark if it's something to just placehold. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And then I just have to do what I'm told. And not touch it. And not touch it. Yes. Okay. I'm working on it. But what I'm not great at, and but I have come, I think, a long way in a gold star should be on my computer. I have one. I want another one. Is email. Woo! Email. Yeah. Now, everyone, including me for years, was like, not possible. Nope. No one can manage my email. And how great was my email when you took it over? I mean, let's see how, listen to how wonderful I did at managing my email. 18,000 unread messages in her inbox. <laughs> now, 18,000. Some were read. It's just that I would, I'm a big fan of marking as new instead of deleting. It wasn't like I ignored 18,000 leads. So to be clear on that, but again, I was like, I'm helping. I'll mark it as unread. I won't take it out of the inbox. 18,000. So it took her a little bit of time. Days. 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 And now we have folders. I have folders in my email, some of which I forget about all the time. But let's get more specific. Give a couple more tactics to managing email. I think it's really what it comes down to is making sure that the email management is something that's going to work for your boss or whoever you're managing, me for Marjorie. We know that if I make 3,000 folders, she's not going to look in them all. So breaking it down into the most important ones, she has a personal folder. She has a folder for her accountant. She has a folder for DocuSign. She has a folder for coupons, right? And so it's like making sure that the most important things are going into the folders that she's actually going to check because if she's not going to look at them, they're pointless. And then the way that we set up her email is that anything unread filters to the top because I think that a lot of the issue was things were just falling down to the bottom and not getting responded to and then getting missed. And so we filter that all the unread emails go to the top. If she looks at it and it needs a response, it needs to be started as a draft or she needs to respond to it. I would prefer that she don't touch it, but this is where we are right now. So if she opens her email and it needs a response, then she needs to start a draft if she's not going to respond to it immediately. Same for me. If I look at it and I know that she needs to respond to it, my main goal is to get her to only go to the drafts folder. And so that's definitely something that I think has worked in terms of starting the draft. And she may go in and tweak it a little bit, but the least work that she can do in her email, the better that she can just review and send. Yeah. So I'm supposed to stay out of it. And I would say I'm 86.2% of the way there because I like to be helpful. I'm not bossy. I'm helpful. Yeah. And so I like to go in. And so I'll be in the other room and I'll be in my email deleting stuff. And I get yelled at across the wall. Get out of your email. Because again, I'm like, I can help and I don't help. And then what I do is I jump in and I respond to an email that I happened to open, which has been responded to two emails ago. Yeah. And so then the client's got to be like, what? So I get yelled at quite a bit. I am way better. But I think it's a long way. I'm very proud of yeah. me. But it's like she said, when two people are in then there's duplication and there's more work that's being created that doesn't need to be there. So if there's an email that I know needs to go to Brittany because it's contracted close, it's automatically forward to her. She knows to deal with it. If it's something that Marjorie just needs to read, like an FYI, I give her two days. If she doesn't read it in two days, it's out of her inbox and it's into another folder. And if she wants to look at it, eventually she can. She won't. Because Obviously, she it's won't nothing find of it. importance. Clearly, it's a newsletter of some sort that might have some information in it. But I give her two days and then I can't look at it anymore. And it's taken out of her inbox. 
See, she's the boss. Yes. And again, I'm working on it, but I've come so far. I'm just proud of me. I, I'm so proud of Thank you. Thank you. I know. See, you I like words job. of affirmation. And so. The best is when you text and say that you've done such a good job and somebody has thanked you and you haven't even sent an email. It's the best <laughs> oh, yeah. thing ever. I love that. I get such great response to the emails that I look at and I'm like, I am good. I had nothing to do with that. The team last Friday, I was visiting Lucas and man, they were all over the emails that I was getting. You're fantastic. And I was like, I feel great. You're the best. I was at a pizza parlor in <laughs> Dayton, Ohio, and I was good. So I will tell you, that is a nice thing when that's taken care of. Now, one that I think people grow into, and I will say the biggest difference so people are clear too between personal assistant and executive assistant is the executive assistant also handles your finances. Mm -hmm. So a personal assistant handles many of these things until finances. And we really call an executive assistant that's also in your finances. So Bethany is 100% of my finances. She is in my personal account. She is in the business account. She is able to help pay bills, which is really important. She takes care of making sure payroll goes out. All of those things are kind of on her wheelhouse now. And it has been fantastic. I would also get a lot of like, whoopsie, forgot to pay the HOA. You know, there's little things that would slip. She wants me to have everything on full auto bill pay. We're getting there. I know I'm a little resistant to, but she's really helped with that. Like all the tax payments go out on time. It's a miracle. Yeah. What I happens? Know. I think maybe your accountant would have fired you by now, but we're, we're back in good standing. Oh <laughs> yeah. Imagine my poor accountant. Could you please, I can't tell you how many times between my financial advisor and accountant, they would show up in my office. Are you going to give me the check? Oh yeah. But I think that's important too, because Man, I mean, the amount of things that are needed from you, whether it's tax documents or personal taxes or a signature on this, I mean, it is nonsense. Workers comp, insurance, da, da, da. It's, and all of you guys know that if you're business owners, even small teams, now it's time for the business payroll and the da, 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 and then the county license. It's just never ending. And they don't like it when you're late. No. So late is bad. And the IRS, who I cannot stand. And it stresses me out when things are late. So it's fantastic. My drinks like it. Fine. Tomorrow's good. No, it's not. That's past the deadline. <laughs> she just will reach into my phone and say, give me your card and pay it. It's fantastic. But again, there's that level of trust. So I think that making sure someone, she helps me with the profit and loss, which I never did. I do my own personal budget still. I still run my personal budget. You do a lot of the math on the profit and loss, mm -hmm. and then I go over it. So it's really having that consistency as well, right? So that I can't say, oh, I don't have time right now. It's on the calendar and it happens. Task management. So I don't know if anyone else listening is a bit like me and you always have about 30 things to do. And I, of course, gravitate to, this looks like fun. All right, I'll do this first, right? So I have all these things and all team members coming to me and, and I sort of want to pick the one that's fun. Yeah, And then I have old boss here that Stop says, no. so how do you keep me in line? Gosh, is there really an answer to that? <laughs> I mean, I think the most important part of keeping you in line is knowing that I can tell you to stop going through that pile of junk right now. We have other things to do. But being able to kind of, if she's working on something, she kind of looks over her shoulder and rolls her eyes at you, just walk away and give her five more minutes <laughs> and then go back and say, okay, we really need to do this. And so really it's like my to-do list is her to-do list. And I got this like fantastic new digital planner that like, Let's me put in all of my task, but Marjorie's task. And if I don't check them, then what it is rolls that? over to the next day. What's it called? It's called um, Artful Agenda. 
And so literally it's like it automatically rolls everything over for you. So if Marjorie doesn't complete a task, it's going to move to the next day and I'm going to keep hassling her about it. But just to tell her to put the pile down and we actually need to send this email right now is super important because otherwise I would just be like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to tell her to put the pile down. No, they're not scared. None of them are scared. It's funny because it's like a child, right? So First, the first warning is sort of like, oh, it's time to do this. And then the second warning is a little more stern and with a little more I mean it. And the third one is, look, if you don't want me to tell, if you're just not going to do it, we're just going to put this. It's like, oh, <laughs> so I think there are stages of management, but I think it's important. And I think anyone who's executive assistant or frankly, any team member in any position is afraid that they cannot challenge the boss. There's a problem because the whole point in all of us working together is to get things done. And so I find that often the boss will be like, well, I'm the boss or they're like, I'm scared of the boss. No, there is no fear here and there shouldn't be. Now it's respectful. Let's be clear. We're not like disrespecting. There's mutual respect, but I think there has to be the ability. I need this now. This is what you need to be doing. I need you to be on target is very important. There has to be that ability to, to say, I need this from you now. Now within reason of it can't be interruption time all the time. So she manages interruptions, but we have to be led and managed. We think we're the boss. And so therefore we manage all others. And frankly, the most successful people to me that I know are the most managed. They have the most people keeping them in line and on target and on task. And they are taking all of those parts of the job to leave me in highest and best use. And as I've grown and learned more of that, I'm able to be in highest and best use most. So all y'all out there that are bosses, get over yourself. And if your people are scared to come to you, you need to have a little bit of self-evaluation. If it's become this, I'm the boss my way, you're never going to grow to your full capacity. Never. Yeah. And you do like to throw out that it's usually my fault, jokingly, (laughs) right? And and she'll send me a meme and it'll say, it's all your fault. And I say, yes, it is. But ultimately, if I've come to her four times to get said task done and it doesn't get done, she knows it's her fault, which is why she likes to joke and tell me it's my fault. But she does ultimately take responsibility. So there is that. That's why it's important of that. The tears of, hey, this needs to be done. This is the deadline. Okay, I've asked once. She didn't do it. Now, this really needs to be done. Tomorrow it's due. And then if you don't do it, we have a problem. And then she's like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, there is that point where you're just like the six-year-old kid and you're like, oh, she mad now. But the important thing is that I'm not coming to her on the day that it's due. I'm saying now this needs to be done, right? It's If it's things that you have a little leeway in a couple day buffer, gently ease into it, but don't just throw it on her in the middle of something that's super important. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it too is, I think within the team, there's also... I'm going to call them internal ways things that are done and then Marjorie ways things are done. And so I'll explain that a little bit more for all of you with team members as well. So Bethany has her, what is it? The electronic agenda agenda of power, right? So she has that. And then we have all these internal, like the team itself is like, oh, that's in Dropbox. And I go to this place on earth that I've never been. So I think there is a way that internally that Bethany and Brittany and Taylor and Jock do their jobs. And then there's how I do my job. So it's very clear that I don't mess with the systems that work for them, but they don't try to manage me to a system I don't use, right? Like 100%. Never. If they're like, oh, it's buried in Dropbox. I'm like, I think I've been there, right? Or it's on a Google Drive. No, right? Like I'm not, I got to go find it. Now I'm not trying to be a diva, but I work in the way that I work, right? Like I still like paper. I still write notes. Like even for our podcast, I take notes. I have a folder of all my notes from all my episodes. That's how I process. I read a book, I journal it. So you've got to be managed to the processes you will use, Correct. but then give 
to your team members, the ability to finish their job and the processes they use. Like our folders, I just found this out. Our folders are no longer on paper anymore once I hand them in. I didn't know that because guess what? It's not my part of the job. It's been three years. She manages that. She has full control within our framework and our checklist, but the first part of it, it's on paper for me for the appointment and everything else. And then it goes to their part of the job, like giving me this electronic agenda of loveliness is great, but I'll never use it. So I think that making sure that you also have this ability that Bethany completes her and I don't tell her how to keep her to do list to keep me on track. She keeps me on track. She manages the to do list, however, it works for her, because that's her part. But then she doesn't try to make me work within a framework that I'm not going to do. Right. And they know, like, we better just send that to Marjorie, right? Like Taylor's always like, you don't have to make a copy of a Google Drive and print it, but you do for me. There's this way that also we all need to make sure we know how everything works. So when you do hire someone, it's also they got to understand how you process and think and work through things and not just me shove it down her throat or her say, well, for me, you've got to use this system of login to who knows where, right? That's important too. I think making the team work in their highest and best use, but not trying to force anyone into a system that just causes chaos. I think too many people do that. It's like, oh, there's this great program you can log into. As soon as you've said that, I'm like, nope. It's the same with your email. If we make your email into something that you have no idea how to use it, it's not going to work. And there are times where on the weekends that you do have to be the main point of contact in your email. And so it would just be a disaster. That would eliminate me having a weekend because you would just be texting or calling me like, where do I find this in my email? Yeah. I mean, it would be pointless, right? And so making sure that it works for you. And I still sometimes forget, right? I'll be like, oh, we didn't get a DocuSign. Whoopsie. Like... There are times that it's still a little foreign to me, but I think that the key here being we all need to be clear, right? So the whole point of this was first, all you ding-dongs that don't have an executive assistant that should have one, and I do have someone in mind, I won't name you again, Bobby. We've got to really work on getting a great executive assistant. And it honestly in the end all be all best balance of life, but also for our clients, best communication, best way of running things. So having someone that's your right-hand person that you really trust that can manage things like your schedule and your email and your tasks and everything, which frankly, we're not good at. I mean, I think I'm good at a lot of things, but, and I'm organized in my own way and I can get things done. And to be clear here, I'm very motivated. You do not need to tell me to work. So it's not, oh, I'd be sitting at home. I just have many, many things, right? I have real estate, I have podcasting, I have coaching, I have home and life and facets, right? And all these things, we just redid our website. So we've been very busy. And it's more that keeping me on task for what I need to be doing at that time. It's not that I wouldn't show up for work and would end up in another state. (laughs) I mean, it's, I don't have a lack of motivation. I have a lack of accountability to what I need to do at what time. And I think that's what a lot of us have is there's a lot we want to do, or frankly, stuff we need to do that we don't want to do that we allow ourselves to get away with. And Bethany just doesn't allow that to happen. Yeah. And I think looking back before I was morphed into your executive assistant and how little time you had to do the things that are most important in our business, because you were constantly worrying about, I have to pay these bills and now I've got to get this to Melinda and now I've got to set this appointment. And so the capacity that you have now to super focus on business and everything that's more important than those things, yeah. I think has come a long way. Well, I mean, considering I, I can do all the things I can do in a day is only because of you and the team that enables not only our clients to have an amazing experience, but for me to stay on my hamster wheel where I'm supposed to be. So I want to just make sure everyone understands the importance of this that really has some 
self-reflection. We sit and go, yes, I too need an executive assistant. Who do I know, right? That would be a great fit for me. Who is someone that I can grow with? Who is someone that can make a huge difference in my life and I and theirs? And then really be clear on the importance of that person. And speaking of that, the hiring process of this position needs to be more than just a one-step interview. We talked about this before, but hey, we're hiring. Let's take them to coffee, right? Let's take them to lunch. Let's see what their mannerisms are when we're out in public. Let's see how they treat other people because that's going to be the real test of how does this person react to the people that are most important in my life? Exactly. Yeah. And again, there's some that's your gut. I mean, I think there's a little bit that's your gut, but it has to be way more than gut. And some of it is is time. I mean, I think some of it, you know, right away, but some of it, there's so much that knowledge of how I'm going to react and what I need is not instant. So also, I think as we end, it's not, oh, I hired this person in two weeks from now. It's like, oh, there's still a lot. It can be a year. You didn't get married in two weeks. You've got to get to know that person and how they work and what systems work for them. And you've got to figure out by trial and error. So you can know that you can trust someone. You can know that they can be loyal and confident, but that skill set is not seamless. Get over yourself, right? Like it's going to take some time. So it's it's also a growth to me into that relationship. A part of that too is what did this person do before, right? I mean, my first job was bussing tables and then I was a server. I was a bartender. I worked in a juvenile boot camp. I worked in a school. And so like dealing with so many different types of people. And I mean, especially in the restaurant industry of serving and bartending. And so I think that helped me kind of prepare for the position that I'm in now is because you kind of learn how to deal with many types of personalities and you have a strong one and I think I can handle it. It's the juvenile boot camp. I feel like maybe she feels like she's back in juvenile boot camp. I know sometimes I feel like I'm in juvenile. You yes, ma'am. Be. Right. You like right be. away, ma'am. I will. Yes. Yes. Yes, ladies. Yes. Like again, you got it. So, but it is true. I think think about that and just realize what a difference it can make not only in your business and your life. So I think it's super important, not only that people consider this, but that's why we're going to be talking to all the team members and understand it doesn't matter if you're frankly a lender, a realtor, a financial advisor, a company owner, it does not matter, right? So this is not a business specific position that I think is that important. And again, it's time to do it really think this through and be cautious and careful in your hiring. And it can, it too can change your world and you can think you're the boss and you won't be. And that's okay. And I only do this podcast so I don't get fired. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she was not that. <laughs> you did great. She was like, oh, public speaking. I'm like, there ain't that much public here. But, and everyone else is equal excited. So you'll soon meet Taylor and, and Brittany and Jock who are, I think maybe as excited as you were, but look how great that went. You did great, by the way. Thank you for joining me on Real Estate Unscripted. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.